Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. You're listening to the Dog Summit on Dogs by Nature Radio. Uh, yeah, we will be back, and you know, as I've said and restated throughout the you know the season's gone on, that uh, there's a new standard here, and that's that's to be expected. Uh, and you know, this is going to leave a bad taste in our guys' mouths to, for extra motivation through the off season. But um, yeah, I mean, we've we've come a long way since I first got here, but uh, we're not done yet. That's that's the best part. Obviously, it hurts to you know have to wait till next September to have to play, uh, but it is where it is. Now here's your host, my dad, Thelonious Seven. Welcome to the second annual end of the year dog summit on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious Seven. Joining us for the second annual dog summit are Rod Bloom from the Browns Blitz podcast, D from Within Ohio Bias. Neil Dunworth from the Cleveland Sports Collective, Caitlin from Crunch Time with Caitlin, Josh Thornton of the Danger Zone Podcast, Craig A. Fountain of the Browns Table, and Eric Urbanowitz from Brownstown, USA. Tom Moore, writer from Dogs by Nature, also stops by to share his opinion with us. In part one of the series, we put to rest questions about the near past. And in part two, we talked about the Browns brass and the team identity. And in this concluding session, we will talk about the coming free agency period, as well as what we might do in the draft. We certainly have a lot to get to. So without any further ado, let's get into this third session of the Dog Summit. I'm really looking forward to hearing our panel's view on this free agency question. According to Over the Cap, the Browns are scheduled to have between 24 and $25 million to spend in free agency. They got a ton of important decisions coming up. Namely, do you bring back OBJ and or Landry? What do you do with Nick Chubb? And are you straight up extending Baker Mayfield? We'll start the discussion with Tom Moore, writer here at Dogs by Nature. Looking at the roster in the offseason, it seems clear that the Browns are probably going to run it back with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. at wide receiver again. Specifically with Beckham, before his injury, it seemed like it might have been his last season in Cleveland. That looked to be even more possible given how successful the offense was once Mayfield had to stop worrying about getting Beckham involved early in the game. There's also the question of how much of a toll Beckham's injuries have taken on him. This has nothing to do with how hard he works or how much he wants it. But the reality is that he has had two major injuries now in the past few years, and that can impact even the best player. While 90% of Beckham is certainly still better than a majority of wide receivers, if he's not at the top of his game, can he accept that fact and understand that his role in the offense might change and might not be exactly what he wants? But coming off surgery, you have to wonder if another team would be willing to take a shot at Beckham. I think we should all look for the Browns to run it back again with Beckham and Landry, and hopefully the growth the team showed this past season can drown out the weekly discussions over why they are not throwing the ball more to OBJ. As far as Nick Chubb goes, the prevailing thought is not to pay running backs a second contract, but this is a different situation as Chubb enters the final year of his rookie deal. 
While it may not make sense to pay a running back on a broader level, it likely makes sense for the Browns to sign Chubb to a second contract. And as general manager Andrew Barry highlighted this week, the Browns are all about doing what is best for the Browns. Chubb's usage has been low compared to other running backs. He has only 680 career carries in his three seasons compared to Minnesota's Dalvin Cook, who has 695 in the same period, or Tennessee's Derrick Henry, who has 681 just in the past two seasons. And Chubb brings a level of talent and toughness to the Browns offense that would be hard to, to replace. It may not be conventional, and some people may end up scratching their head, but look for the Browns to work on an extension with Chubb this offseason. It was probably always a formality, but Baker Mayfield earned his second contract this season. The only question now is when the team will make the announcement and how much guaranteed money it will include. Look for the Browns to pick up Mayfield's fifth-year option this spring, along with that of cornerback Denzel Ward, as they continue to work out the details of a new deal for both players. Mayfield will probably take a priority simply because he plays quarterback, but don't be surprised to see both those players receive new contracts at some time either right before or during the upcoming 2021 season. Thank you, Tom. Well, I'm a big fan of bringing all these guys back, it seems like we'd have to make a sacrifice somewhere on something, right? Let's hear what Rod Bloom from the Brown Splits podcast has to say about the impending free agency. Andrew Barry and staff do have some tough decisions coming up. I think you have to extend Baker at this point, um, which is which is a good thing. I mean, he 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 played his way into this. I think he proved what he can do, and I think he should. He should, uh, there's no reason why he can't just keep getting better from here on out. I think he solved some of the issues that were, uh, that kind of messed him up in the, uh, in the 2019 season and maybe the beginning of the 20 season. So I think you're definitely, uh, wanting to lock him up and keep him around. Um, I don't know what the Browns are going to do about, uh, about Nick Chubb. Um, that's, that's a big debate. Um, I would love to see Nick Chubb stay around, but I know the old uh, question of you can't win with a running back, which yeah, I would love to see the Browns disprove that and, and structure a deal that works for both the Browns and Nick Chubb to keep him in Cleveland. Uh, Jarvis and OBJ, I honestly feel like OBJ would have probably been traded this offseason if he hadn't been injured. I don't think he's tradable now, so I think he's going to be around uh, at least another season or two uh, because of the trade. I don't think you can just let him go because of his value when he's healthy. And Jarvis means so much to this team, I don't know if the Browns will want to part ways with him uh, just because of the leadership he provides in the locker room. So I think, I think that's, that's really going to be interesting to watch, and I don't know what Andrew Berry's going to do because that seemed like the, the best or the, the, uh, the logical place to cut some salary was at the wide receiver position. And now I kind of feel like they're locked into keeping both of these guys for, for another season or two. And, and it's not that I wanted to get rid of either one of these guys, but their salaries, um, their salaries kind of could be used to, to, uh, to go toward another player. Rod, you're absolutely right. It's a really huge decision for Andrew Barry because this defense needs a lot of help. It's got to come from somewhere, right? 
Let's hear what Eric Urbanowitz from Brownstown, USA has to say about this one. The one good thing that we can talk about with the cap is we had quite a bit left over. So now we have quite a bit to spend. You got to love the rollover. But as for some of the big roster decisions, um, the wide receiver core, everyone's been saying we need to get rid of Jarvis. I disagree. Look, I think we should be keeping Jarvis. The guy has been the face of the culture change, and he's been such a steady target for Baker Mayfield that it's hard to imagine him not being out there. I do think that you can try to restructure it, but I think he's still earning that money. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., on the other hand, I would test the market and see what's out there. If you get a deal that's too good not to turn down, then take it. Like, if someone offers you a first-round pick or a key player, go for it. But otherwise, I'd probably lean towards keeping him for now. Definitely work on getting Chubb a deal. I mean, look, the fact is... It's rare that you get a running back in today's NFL like Nick Chubb. So, since you have Kareem Hunt already locked up, I do think that getting that deal for Nick Chubb is imperative. And, of course, Baker Mayfield. His option needs to be picked up this offseason. I don't care what happens next year. Let next year dictate where contract negotiations go going forward. I'd start negotiating a new deal now because the fact is, when you have a franchise quarterback, you can't pussyfoot around it. You gotta get him in, you gotta get him signed, and you gotta build around him. Eric, you're right to emphasize Baker for sure. Can't imagine this turnaround without him. And now it's time for Caitlin from Crunch Time with Caitlin. Number one, when it comes to contract extensions, you give Baker his money. Um, and I think you and you give Denzel his money. You try to get them early before they hit free agency. You want to do that shit early. Nick Chubb, Wyatt Teller, I think you do the same thing with those two also. Um, and then, you know, I mean, you, you want those guys early because I think right now, if you give them their money, you could say, well, Wyatt, you were banged up a little bit. Same thing with Denzel. You banged up a little bit. Maybe give them a little bit less than their quote-unquote market value would be and just try to get ahead of that. Same thing with Nick Chubb, you know. Knee injury, a rough game against the Chiefs. Um, you know, when you're negotiating, you got to bring up all that stuff. And, and same with Baker. You'd be like, well, you know, yes, you're a franchise game. We're going to pay... Uh, or you're a franchise guy and we're going to pay you like that um but you know it's really only one year so again if you could get those guys below market value awesome um Odell he'll be back I think 12 of his 14 50 million is already guaranteed because he got hurt so it's not like you're going to get a first-round pick in a trade, so just bring him back. Jarvis, if you could re- rework his deal a little bit, bring him back. Um, Higgins should be interesting because, you know, you kind of never really know, um, you know, when they hit free agency, but I would just keep in contact with him. 
Same thing with like Larry Okunjobi. I don't expect him back. Um, the Browns have Andrew Billings coming back next year. Uh, he's on a one-year deal. Um, but yeah, when it comes to defense, you you gotta fix up front. If you if you can't go out and get a Von Miller or a or an elite pass rusher uh, opposite Miles Garrett, then you know. I don't know, but with that cap, they definitely need to get another pass rusher, probably another couple corners, because Tange Mitchell's probably going to walk, so is Kevin Johnson, and then another reliable safety. Um, If you're going to plan on playing three safeties at a time, and you put all your eggs in in the Grant Delpit basket, then, you know, you better go out and get somebody else to, to play safety. Um, and and prove to me that that Joe Woods' defensive scheme is good, and that it wasn't, you know, it that the poor play was because of, you know, the the injuries and the lack of talent at linebacker. Even though I think Taki Taki and Jacob Phillips played pretty well, um, and are bright spots, you know, going forward. Caitlin, appreciate this thorough response. Really going to be interesting to see what happens with Hollywood Higgins this offseason. So now we're going to turn to D from Within Ohio Bias. I don't know why all of a sudden the money that OBJ and Landry are making, um, they create good depth for us as wide receiver. We would have had OBJ. I think a lot of these games, you know, especially the KC game, could have been a different um, animal. Um, I, I know we got to extend Baker. That's a no-brainer to me. One of the other contracts I know we got to like take care of Nick Chubb which is a no-brainer as well. And then also to find out something we can do for Denzel Ward. So um, one one thing I would say is Austin Hooper's contract looks a little crazy to me, considering that the guy can't catch the ball without falling down. Uh, thank goodness he saved his best play for when we needed it in the KC playoff game, um, the divisional game. He caught that first down and was able to run for five yards for the first time all season. I think he should take a pay cut or – maybe even be traded because um, I like the production that we started to see from Njoku and also with rookie Harrison Bryant. I mean, to pay $11 million to $10 million for a tight end who can't catch the ball and get any yards after the catch. Um, you know, I'm not trying to pick on the guy, but when you look at the contracts and we're talking money, Austin Hooper's situation doesn't make a lot of sense. And that might be the one miss that this front office made. And you're going to have some misses. So, uh, But I would, I would like to see something done there with his situation. One thing, too, the Browns were aggressive in free agency. I think people forget that they did try to address one thing on defense, and I think this will be a focus next year, is they did try to address the pass rush. They had flirted with Clowney and negotiated and negotiated. He chose to go elsewhere. We know how the story ended up. He, he ended up getting injured, so the Browns probably possibly dodged a bullet on that one. D, you're right about Clowney. Free agency is a high-stakes gamble. That's why you hope you can keep the guys that you know. So now let's hear what Josh Thornton has to say about the pending free agency period. So we're still top 10 in available cap space next season. Um, You know, and with a complete defensive rebuild looming, we're likely to need it. You know, unfortunately, there is some uncertainty with the actual cap numbers, um, and it's going to be an impact for sure, especially, you know, it has to do with decision-making of money. So um, likely more 
you know, more gets spent on the defensive side and you're going to be a little more sparse on the offensive side. I think you could see maybe a restructuring of Landry's contract to help spread some of that love around. Um, and if it were up to me, the man would be a Cleveland Brown for life. Uh, we're paying OBJ this upcoming year, you know, with the injury guarantee. So whether he's on the roster or not, I would expect him to be here. That is unless a very sweet deal prevents itself or presents itself. Um, I, and it would have to make swallowing 13 million make sense. So, um, I think, you know, I talked about Higgins earlier. Higgins is going to need a deal. I don't see the organization letting him leave unless they're just that far apart on money, which I don't think will be the case. Um, so that really just leaves the extension conversations. And right. If you're thinking extensions, you're likely looking directly at Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield in this case with these two guys, I think Chubb takes precedence um, due to him being an unrestricted free agent after this upcoming season. So with Chubb in the running back position, the top guys are making anywhere from 10 to 15, 16 million a season. Um, so to put that in perspective, Chubb's current contract is only averaging about 1.8 million a year. So either way, the guys do for a raise. Uh, my personal feeling is um, Nick Chubb, a Nick Chubb deal will get done this offseason at some point. Uh, Baker, you've you've got more time with. You know, being a first-round pick, there's that fifth-year option hanging out there. Uh, that would cost the Browns, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of 30-plus million um, for that fifth year if they exercise that option without extending him. Um, you know, with the top-tier guys making 30 to $45 million a season, it makes you wonder if Andrew Barry won't try and work out his – you know, work his contract magic uh, in terms of a deal with Baker and extend him. But I want Baker extended before the season opener, and that's you know that's where I stand on it. I'm just worried that the potential reduction in cap will push off the Mayfield extension talks, um, and I would really just like to put that to bed this off season. <laughs> you and me both, Josh. It's a really nice response, and you're absolutely right about Andrew Barry having to work some magic this offseason, particularly on the defensive side of the football. We're going to put this topic to rest after we hear from Craig A. Fountain of the Browns table, as well as Neil Dunworth from the Cleveland Sports Collective. Craig, what do you got for us? I'm not a salary cap guru, but I I believe the Browns are rolling $30 million into next season, opening up a total of $50-plus million in total cap space. I'm not moving OBJ or Landry. And I'm looking to extend Baker Mayfield now rather than later. I'd also like to see Wyatt Teller and Nick Chubb get locked in for the foreseeable future. Yeah, Wyatt Teller is also a very critical piece. And now we turn to Neil, the two Green Browns. I've kind of alluded to this in some previous answers. And while we are scheduled to have 24 million by over the cap as well, and that's without having any you know cuts of any players and such, I think that we... I think that we would bring back. I think we see both OBJ and Landry. I don't see. I don't think we're going to see either of the two of them cut. Um, I know there are some slight outs in, in in both of their contracts. I just don't think that the value is going to be there to trade them as well. And I think that I think the game plan with these guys for next year is just as exciting as uh, the game plan will be with unknown entities. But I think. The fact that we want to create a small bit of stability because next year, next year for me as well, isn't push all our chips into the table, uh, into the middle of the table. Um, I know that we've got Baker on the rookie contract, but it is for, for me. I, I I think we will get help with the wide receiver room, and I think it will be additions as opposed to subtractions. What am I doing with Chubb? 
that's a very that's that's a, a nuanced answer that I would like to give that I can't really give now. Um, the thing that keeps on coming up in my mind is yes, Nick Chubb has been absolutely fantastic. I would love to sign him. I would love to sign him. Me, Neil Dunworth. Um, whether the, whether the team wants to sign him or whether he wants to sign for the deal that the team wants to give him, I'm not 100 sure. Uh, he's an absolutely fantastic asset. If we could get him on a shorter term deal, like something like the deal that we gave Kareem, add on maybe an extra million or two or three, I, I think maybe he, maybe the, the team might be able to get something done. He's a funny fish. He's not like your regular NFL player, and I think that's going to go, going to play into the negotiations. So. If you were to ask me about any other player, I could make a, make a, a decent assumption as to whether he would come back on a deal that the, a, a team friendly deal. Whereas Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is just a different kind of guy. He seems to be a bit more honourable. He seems to be a bit more. Um, there's there's a bit more going on with him from a thought process point of view uh, and from a, a loyal a perceived loyalty point of view anyway. As of now, that could come back to bite me in the back, bite me in the back at the next some stage, but. Um, Nick Chubb is a very difficult one to to discuss. And with regards to Baker, I think it's I think the devil is in the detail. Maybe not extending him next year because of the, the potential for the lower salary cap. But I think the extensions will be discussed. And I I ultimately think that we are extending Baker Mayfield, whether it's next year or whether it's after his fifth year option or in the middle of his fifth year option. Um, it all depends. That one for me solely comes down to whatever the manipulations of the ca- of the salary cap are at a league at a, at a league wide level to to combat COVID nineteen. Neil, we appreciate it. So now it's on to the final question. So let's talk draft. The Browns are picking twenty sixth, and with two picks in the third round, that should have eight selections in this twenty twenty one draft that's scheduled to be hosted in Cleveland. How would you rank the Browns' needs? And is there anybody you have your eye on for the number one pick? Let's kick it off with Eric Urbanowitz. With the NFL draft coming up in Cleveland in a couple months, I think there are three major positions that the Browns should be looking into with their first round pick. The first is linebacker, and the two names that pop up immediately are Zaven Collins from Tulsa and Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa from Notre Dame. Then you got the edge position where you could look at Patrick Jones or Joseph Asai from Pitt and Texas respectively. Then look at DT where you could look to Pitt again with Jalen Twyman and Jay Tefele from Pitt and USC respectively. Then in the third round, you got to go cornerback, maybe safety. Um, name that probably would make some sense would be a Sean Wade from Ohio State or even an Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State. Nice list, Eric. And Zayvon Collins absolutely looks the part. And now we turn to Craig A. Fountain of Ginger's Talk Football. As far as the draft goes, I'm looking at linebacker safety and interior linemen on the defensive side of the ball. If this year has taught us anything, we could use some upgrades, especially at linebacker, and we need solid depth and rotation guys on the interior of this line and at safety. On offense, I'm certainly looking for versatile depth on the offensive line and for the back end of the receiver room. I don't have a wish list quite yet for our first round pick, but I am excited to dig in and really look at our prospects during the offseason. Bro, I'm just now getting into myself. I wonder what Tom Moore thinks. 
In the draft, it's clear that the Browns need defensive players at any position, and they also need ones that are fast. It's really just that simple. As to who those players should be, it's really too early to tell, but come draft day, just remember these two words, defense and speed. Right there with you after that Kansas City game. So now let's turn to Neil Dunworth of the Cleveland Sports Collective. Now, at the moment, the Browns are picking 26th. Um, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, do they? Uh, uh, with the draft is in Cleveland, as we are, as we know, and it's a really, really, it's kind of upsetting for me because I plan to go in April. And obviously, I'm not going to be able to go due to the global pandemic. Uh, it was a really big thing. I wanted to go to the draft in Cleveland um, and to... You know, meet a lot of mates that I've I've made over the, over the years of being a Cleveland Browns fan. I was there last year. I made some really good friends I've stayed in contact with. And I was really looking forward to going and meeting those again and have this as a culmination to the pandemic. But it just doesn't, it, it isn't going to work out that way. But the Browns do have a, the tw- a pick in the first round. And I'm wondering, do they even pick in the first round? I'm wondering, does this team see value in maybe trading for two second round picks? Just with salary cap in mind, with fifth-year options in mind and stuff like that, the fifth-year option isn't as, isn't as appealing as it used to be. Um, it's something to look at. If I was to rank the Browns' needs, I am very much of the opinion that if you're, if you're top, uh, the, the, if your top defensive linemen are gone in that 26, that we should be looking at a cornerback. I think we need help for Denzel Ward. I'm not fully sold on. I'm not fully sold on, on, on Terrence Mitchell. Don't think I ever really have been. I just think he's exceeding the average at a lot of things. He's not bad. Don't get me wrong. I just think if you're going to upgrade this defense, you're going to upgrade on Terrence Mitchell uh, on, on this cornerback group. I don't see Kevin Johnson coming back, but also then at, the, at that's the, at, at, in the same sentence, I think that we can sign a slot corner in free agency. And I think we can keep that ticking over in, in, in that aspect. We don't have an awful lot of depth in our cornerback room. We don't have anybody we can point the finger at. Barr maybe Greedy Williams if he does come back. And there are discussions around whether he's, his shoulder injury is something that could be debilitating, could be a life, lifetime injury. If Greedy Williams, Williams doesn't come back, we don't really have any cornerback that we're grooming. Um, AJ Green maybe, but he hasn't been trusted an awful lot this year. So I think the Browns would look to maybe look to maybe take a cornerback early in the first round, and I think that we see ourselves go defensive back and defensive heavy in the first two rounds. Uh, if, sorry, the first two days, should I say? But I also think that we would look to maybe pick up some speed in the wide receiver room uh, as as the draft does go on. Uh, this will be a very, very defensive heavy draft, I think. And that's not just an overreaction. I think that that's what the team wants to focus on. But once again, who would have thought we would have taken a tight end last year when we had uh, a, what, what was a pretty stacked tight end room and we just made it even better with Austin or with uh, Harrison Bryant. So if the rounds are to pick at the 26th pick, I think somebody in the region of... And Asante Samuel Jr., if he does fall to the 26th pick, just due to the fact that, you know, uh, with, with this crazy combine season that we have, with this crazy college season that we've had, or if not, someone like JC Horn, you know, I think one of the cornerbacks, one of the top cornerbacks will be there. Um, and I think that that's somebody that we will look to take. If by some manner of uh, 
of uh, of black magic somewhere along the line that Michael Parsons had a had a historic fall, just like kind of like Grant Elbert did last year. If he did have a fall to the lower uh, lower ends of the first round, I might be tempted to pick a linebacker, but uh, I know that that's not going to be a view that many would take. But for me, I think cornerback or else uh, defensive defensive line are going to be the two areas that we look to strengthen at that point of the draft. Well done, Neil. I'd like to see the Browns stick and stay at 26, but what if someone offers Barry a deal we can't refuse? <laughs> so now we turn to D from with an Ohio bias to get his take on the draft. In regards to the draft, I think, you know, kind of the theme of what I'm saying and all my answers is going to be, you know, creating depth. The creating depth will give us defensive flexibility. We'll be able to see Joe Woods really do his thing. I think we need a defensive end to pair with Miles Garrett. I mean, you know, I think the Washington football team has, like, the best model with Montez Sweat. Of course, they have Chase Young. You know, you, you, you get guys up front that can make a difference. I think Larry Uncle Joby like, and Sheldon Richardson become more um, valuable, and they're able to do more if they have another rusher. And it's not a knock against Claiborne or anything like that. But we need to be able to rotate guys in and out. You know, the Phillies, if you Eagles, when they had that Super Bowl run, had eight guys on their defensive line, Fletcher Cox and those guys rotating in and out, and you can go situational football. And so that would allow us to match up no matter where we're going because we're a playoff team now, ladies and gentlemen. So when we go from team to team and you're trying to match up depending on what they do, um, the pass rush and the ability to rotate get guys in and out to have that depth. So I'm not saying get rid of the B.J. Goodsons and things like that, but in the draft, I would like to see us draft a, draft a lineman, maybe some linebackers. Put, spend a lot of draft capital on the defensive side. Those guys will be on rookie contracts and things like that. One thing we've seen is that Joe Woods and this defense can develop talent. So that goes back to the Joe Woods answer. Maybe that's one of the things. So um, we saw guys get better, get more comfortable in their positions, and it led to them making plays, which were takeaways. So that's what I would like to see. I would also like to see us maybe take a chance on a returner. Um, Rod Johnson did an admirable job, but if we could get a little bit more out of special teams, um, and the return game was great in the playoffs, so both games. So, um, but you know, just beef up that position to a guy that maybe could be a full time, be a, a home run hitter, and like you know, get it all the way to the end zone off of a kickoff or punt return situation. Personally, I wish they'd bring back Sheehy Giuseppe. <laughs> so now let's turn to Rod Bloom. Did the Browns pick twenty sixth? That just, uh, just sounds strange. Uh, it's kind of a relief that they're picking after 22. Not that I, not that I'm concerned about the the old way things were happening anymore. But um, projecting a pick at 26 is very difficult to do. And I got to be honest, I've been following the Browns, uh, enjoying this playoff ride. I have not begun to look at draft picks. Yet um, I'm going to start studying that and, and working on that, but the Browns are going to the Browns are going to fortify the defense in this draft, uh, particularly uh, linebacker and and secondary. I think I think you have to assume that you only have what you had on the field this year. You can't count on guys who are coming back from injuries. So the Browns are going to look heavily at safety, corner. And and linebacker, they have to have somebody who can. Uh, they have to have somebody who can, uh, hopefully, um, spy Lamar Jackson. <laughs> they need they need help with that. They need to work on overall team speed on defense. 
And let's face it, their offense is pretty darn good. If they can figure out a way to extend most of the guys on offense, I don't think they have much of an issue there that really needs to be addressed in this draft. So I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if, the, if their first four picks are on the defensive side of the ball in this draft. Hopefully they start with four and add two more on day three. You're listening to the end of the year dog summit on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious Seven. Wanted to offer up a big thanks to all eight of our panel members. Their details can be found in the show notes. Before we wrap up this topic and the summit, we still need to hear from Caitlin from Crunch Time with Caitlin, as well as Josh Thornton from the Danger Zone. So, Caitlin, the floor is yours. Talking about the draft, same thing. You know, I don't see them spending uh, a first round pick on a linebacker. Um, I don't really have anybody in mind just yet, but as of right now, best corner, best pass rusher. Just go defense heavy in the offseason and best player available, whatever. They could add some speed at wide receiver, another speedy guy uh, next to Odell, especially if you let someone like Richard Higgins walk. Even though I know he's not like the fastest guy, but just somebody to stretch the field um, because, you know, late in that the late in the season and especially during the Chiefs game it was very noticeable that you know the the fronts that the Browns were running in they were tough especially when you don't have someone who can consistently you know kind of spread out a defense and and you know not allow them to stack the box um you know Donovan Peoples-Jones could potentially be that person but I don't know I don't know He looked like the guy after the game in the jungle, but I'd still go after a wide receiver. And so now we end the discussion with Josh Thornton of the Danger Zone podcast. With the Browns picking 26th, it's the latest they've picked, you know, naturally, their their natural position in quite some time. So it's weird to say, but we're entering an era of Browns football, you know, where we're going to be beefing up for a championship run. Um Obviously, the defensive side of the ball is going to get some pretty magnified attention in the draft and free agency, but I think they could go a few different directions with pick 26, uh, all of which will almost certainly be defensive players. I'd put linebacker probably at the top of that list with a close second and third being edge help um, and a playmaker in the defensive backfield. With Ward's durability concerns and Greedy William, you know, Greedy Williams with his his shoulder uh, nerve damage in his shoulder, so kind of an uncertain future there, you may actually even prioritize cornerback over edge. Um, but I haven't I haven't got to dive deep yet into p- uh, potential prospects. I, I know it's a weird feeling not being completely knowledgeable about every prospect in the draft by this time. Um, but I'll be content with any defensive position that they draft uh, as long as they go defense there at 26. I'm definitely looking forward to getting better on defense. So with that, we'll put this one in the books. Our guests include Rod Bloom from the Browns Blitz podcast. And I appreciate very much being able to participate in this summit. Uh, It's been a great season. Thanks again to my friend Thelonious Seven. You can catch me on Twitter, find all my stuff. I write occasionally and do my podcast weekly. Check me out at B. Thanks, everybody. Rod, it's been truly a pleasure. We're also joined by D from Within Ohio Bias. Final thoughts. I just want to say thank you to Saloni7, you know, for uh, including me in the end of year. 
Dog Summit had a lot of fun this season coming on the podcast and, and sharing my thoughts about the Cleveland Browns. Um, this season was so good. I don't even think we'll even be able to put it into context, but I, I feel good for two reasons. One, for us long-suffering Browns fans who've been waiting for this, it's vindication. But also, two, it's justification for all those people who make their kids Browns fans, grandkids Browns fans, because they finally got to see why this is so important to us. The city comes alive. There's nothing like walking around Cleveland um, and seeing everybody in their Browns gear and, and the smiles and the nods. You know, it, it, it really it, it, it makes, you know, whatever's going on in your life, it makes it just a little bit easier. I mean, I'm not saying sports is that important, but it is when things are going well. Um, it can be a nice escape, and it can be something that can put you in a good mood. So this is D from What's in Ohio Bias, um, What's in Ohio Bias.com, DG216WAOB. Oh, and one last thought. Um, let's hope Clay Matthews gets into the Hall of Fame. I think that would be a great bookend for, um, you know, our Browns legend to uh, take that step, get his gold jacket, and then you know why this team is doing good we can celebrate the browns of old along with the browns of new as always go browns thanks again d i always appreciate the perspective thanks for taking the time to share with us and and thank you for reminding us about clay matthew and his hall of fame bid hopefully we can mobilize and get it done and we're also joined by neil dunworth of the cleveland sports collective so my final thoughts on it is that you know i just I just really, really like this year. This is a fantastic year. It was a great building year for the Cleveland Browns. And I really am looking forward. It has me so stoked for 2021. I'm looking forward to seeing an absolutely brilliant spectacle for the draft. I think we're going to be very, very shrewd and we're going to be very, very measured in, in free agency and pick up some, some good players, hopefully in the defensive backfield, as I've mentioned before. And I think the 2021, the 2021 season is shaping up to be a very, very positive and one full of excitement for, for the Cleveland Browns. So once again, thank you very much for asking me to come on. My name is Neil Dunworth. You can find me at 2 Green Browns on Twitter, and you can hear me on the Cleveland Sports Collective podcast, which you can find on Spotify. You can find on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you can find good podcasts. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak on the end of your dog summit. Man, fantastic job as always, Neil. Appreciate the original and thoughtful slants. Best of luck to you and all your future endeavors. Hope to hear from you again soon. And we were also joined by Caitlin from Crunch Time with Caitlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Caitlin No CLE. That is Caitlin, K-A-T-E-L-A-N, Nose, K-N-O-W-S, C-L-E. Crunch Time with Caitlin is Crunch with a K, so K-R-U-N-C-H, Time, T-I-M-E, with... And then Caitlin, K-A-T-E-L-A-N. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. All that fun stuff. Talk a lot of rounds. Talk a lot of sports. um, All that fun stuff. So, I will see you when I see you. Go Browns. Caitlin, your work is intelligent and intuitive. I find myself either laughing with you or nodding in agreement. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to share with us here on the Dog Summit. We were also joined by Josh Thornton of the Danger Zone podcast. Hey, thanks again for having me. You know, all of us in Browns Nation have so much to look forward to. Uh, it has, you know, it hasn't been long since the Browns season has ended, and I'm already itching to get this thing rolling again. The Browns are back, baby. Is it football season yet? Bro, I can hardly wait. It was amazing to hear from you on this one. Looking forward to hearing from you again real soon. 
We were also joined by Craig A. Fountain of the Browns Table. Thanks again, Thelonious, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Again, my name is Craig Fountain. You can find me on Twitter at Craig A. Fountain. I'm the co-host of the Ginger's Talk Football Podcast and host of the Browns Table. Thank you so much and go Browns. Love it, Craig. Hope to visit you on the Browns Table real soon. And we heard from Eric Urbanowitz from Brownstown, USA. Well, I'd like to thank you for having me, uh, and I'd like to thank you for being on. I hope you all have a great day. My name is Eric Rabanowitz once again from the Brownstown USA podcast, and I'll see you next time. Eric, I can't wait. Appreciate you taking your time to share with us here on Dogs by Nature Radio. And last, but like I said, certainly not least, is Tom Moore, writer at Dogs by Nature. So to wrap up the 2020 season, while the loss to the Chiefs was disappointing, the season as a whole was fun, which we often can't say with the Browns, and it set up the foundation for what should be a successful run in the coming years. This season definitely felt like the beginning of something rather than the end, and the playoff experience is going to pay off starting next season. Thanks, everyone. I'm Tom Moore, and I'm part of the Dogs by Nature staff. Tom, your presence is a blessing. Thank you for joining us. And with that, we'll put this in the books. You've been listening to the second annual end of the year dog summit on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious7. We're putting a bow on this 2020 season. Could be around this offseason with some draft coverage, but we're definitely looking forward to the fall and we can deliver your game day podcast known as the Sunday Morning Post. Well, that was your dose of the straight truth. You've been listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature. Take care. And go Browns. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.